Education of our children doesn't begin and end at academia. There is a spiritual responsibility on each parent and teacher to nurture and train a young soul spiritually. This is called Chinuch. Join Rabbi G every Monday at 2 p.m. as he explores education and Chinuch for parents and teachers. Torah isn't education, it's transformation. 101.9, we are here, as we do every Monday between 2 to 3, where we discuss education. What's happening around the world? What's happening in the community? What can we learn? What can we achieve? How can we influence ourselves to be better people? How can we influence our families, our friends, our community, our loved ones, and anything we can do to improve society and the world? A lot happening today on the show. Uh, we're going to be talking later on with Sasha, who's a physiotherapist, uh, discussing a bit about what can we do for any child who has a bit of sensory challenges. And we're going into the month of Tishrei, which can be a complete sensory overload for the kids that have find that as a challenge. And there's many kids here in the community. Um, and yeah, how do you deal with hours of Rosh Hashanah with shofar, with sitting in the sukkah? How do you deal with the smell sometimes of Dalit Minim? Obviously, we can prepare them. There's obviously a lot of things they could do. And turn for those kids and all of us that are struggling with sensory and with um, overload uh, challenges to transfer it from the stressful month to a special, amazing month. And... We're going to talk about Rosh Hashanah. We're going to talk about what's coming up in the community. Um, but before we start, two um, events that are making me be very proud to be part of this community. One is making me be proud of the community while I'm crying tears of pain. And one is while I'm crying and I'm being happy. I'm going to start with the pain. Obviously, we all came together as a unity in the community this week while well, we're all davening with all our hearts for Chaim Adam Gavriel Ben Chavashena, who is someone who dedicated himself to give back to the community through Hatzalah, somebody who not even give back, to give. I don't think he was old enough to give back. He was just giving. Somebody who was giving, caring, sharing, and now he needs us. And it was beautiful to see how we all came together. All of us stopped what we were doing and still, we should, we should still stop. We should still be there. We should be st- still all be focused on davening. If you hear me, what you can do, just listen. Take a second. Do one good thing for Chaim Adam Gavriel Ben Chava, Shana. And if it's not to him, then it's a good deed or whatever it is that you can do, whatever you can contribute. It's important for us to be standing strong as a community together and really with anything with anything and that's something that made me very proud today to be part of the community and very painful and very sad the other thing is i came across a beautiful event that is taking place tomorrow tomorrow's a public holiday tomorrow's a time that we can use our day for whatever we need for enjoying etc but it's still on the jewish calendar we're still a week pretty much a week before rosh hashanah a, f- a week before we start the journey of the new year a week before we're going to stand and and to see where this year is going, what we've accomplished, what we need to accomplish, what we want to achieve. And 
I saw a beautiful initiative from in the community from a few people who got together in one of the community centers called Keter Eliyahu. I'm sure you're all familiar. If not, you can send an SMS or WhatsApp to the radio and I'll share it with you. Um, and they took the public holiday and brought a variety of rabbis throughout town, one pretty much from every community, and put together a day that anybody could come into the center and learn something, do something for his soul during tomorrow's public holiday and connect just one week before Rosh Hashanah. And I'm connecting it a bit also to what we spoke before. If you want to do something and you have your time, you could even come and dedicate that hour for Chaim Gavriel, Chaim Adam Gavriel ben Chavashena. That could also be your incentive. Anything good you want to do for him, that will be amazing. So that will be taking place at Ketereliao tomorrow, a whole day of just from 9 in the morning to 7 at night, any time, any many levels. By the way, the afternoon is for kids, the morning and the afternoon, and the afternoon is for the older afternoon, the later afternoon. What's happening today? The later afternoon is for adults, but the middle from 1.30 to 3 is for kids. So really everybody could be part. And that's an amazing initiative tomorrow at Ketereliao. Okay. We got to get, uh, into the topic I mentioned before. And as I said, many of us walk into the month of Tishrei into a very, very spiritual month, a, sp- a month that we can connect, a month that we're looking at our, at the year to come. We're looking at the year that has passed, uh, to look at, um, anything that will make us into better people. And then we go into, uh, Yom Kippur, which is also a time of complete spiritual day that we just, all we do is really look after our spiritual needs and not our, on our physical needs. And then we go into the sukkah, amazing things, a lot of things. And it's a great time, but there's a whole group of people and kids, especially that this times can be also very challenging for them. If you're a child, if you're a teenager, if you yourself are, or blessed with the challenge of sensory overload, if you're extra sensitive, if you're extra overwhelmed, and any change, any strong smell, any difference in your routine, uh, loud chauffeur, uh, anything, interesting foods that we have in Rosh Hashanah, all these things can just take you off track. We need to see and think what we can do to contain ourselves. And for that, as I always do, we brought the professional in. And professionals is what does the difference between struggling and achieving so good afternoon sasha thank you so much for being with us hi thank you for having me you're a physiotherapist yes okay and today what i want to discuss with you is a bit about sensory overload how to identify how to deal ages um and just be um how can we be sensitive to it whether we're parents whether we're friends whether we're davening together in, in the synagogue where we're meeting whatever it is how can we identify and be aware? Just before you start, I will say, anybody, 34519 is an SMS line. Anything you want to ask Sa- Sasha or hear more about what she does or how she can help you, 34519 is an SMS line. Or Telegram, 061-895-1019. Or you could even call in, 010-140-3020. Okay, tell us a bit about sensory overload. Okay, so um, both physios and OTs deal mostly with sensory overload. And basically, it's quite a challenge for children who have sensory issues 
to modulate yourself. And when we say modulation, we say being able to deal with all the sensory stimuli that we have in today's world. So basically, if we would feel a cer- hear a certain noise or f- smell a certain smell or feel a certain touch feeling at a certain level, somebody with sensory overload would feel it much stronger, would get overwhelmed. What is the feeling? Like? Yeah, absolutely. So they'll feel uncomfortable. They'll feel uneasy. It'll definitely be a, um, almost too much for them to be able to integrate it and understand it. Okay, which will lead us, which will lead them to a place that they kind of disconnect from where they are right now. Absolutely. Okay, so you gave us a taste, but we are going to take a short ad break, and when we come back, we'll actually go into the discussion and see what we can do. So, in the meantime, any questions you have? Three four five one nine to Sasha, the physiotherapist. Oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine is the telegram line. Short break, and we will be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. So, Sasha, I think we need to kind of start from maybe a step before. Let's start identifying when we talk about sensory uh, overload, a need. Let's first see, um, maybe make a quick definition between an OT and a physio. I know some people can find that confusing. You okay? So, um, OTs are occupational therapists that um, specialize in sensory overload. And they help the child um, prepare for any situation that might lead to a sensory overload. They um, are able to identify um, what sensory what sensory um, stimulations will, will lead to a child being overstimulated. And then a physiotherapist is someone who focuses on the certain um, abilities of movement and function to aid in, in sensory awareness. Right, which is pretty much why I think we're starting with you here first before an OT because I'd say that physios are more in the foundations of posture, of identifying that um, all the physical senses yes. are in the right place and the wrong strength. Um, so... Why, first of all, why is it so important to have your posture straight, strong and be in that position? Like, where does it affect you? Okay, so when we're looking at poor posture, it's one of the um, developmental milestones that a child needs to overcome for their development. So when we start very young, we look at a child who needs to sit at the table to eat and to swallow effectively. And then also it starts with um, learning how to control your oral um, muscles so that you're able to talk. So basically, when someone has poor posture, um, they're unable to stabilize themselves in order to focus on other tasks that they're trying to complete. So, for example, it makes it harder for them to complete homework on the table or, you know, finishing a full meal sitting at the table. And this can impact their education and their cognitive ability because they'll often feel a task is too hard. And it's actually they're putting so much energy into maintaining their postural position that they're struggling to complete the activity in front of them. Okay. So then one would come and say, so how do you identify really when you're talking about a child who is uh, struggling with their posture or with um, the sensories and just misbehaving? Okay, so um, basically 
you'll first you'll start to see that your child will have a slouched position in the chair. They're always leaning for support while they're sitting, so they might have their hand, their head in their hand while they're trying to learn. They also might have difficulty on the playground with the equipment. So oh, it's such not, as it's not that we're just worrying at the table. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, and we, we sometimes have difficulty on the seesaws and the swings and the trampoline. So. Um, all of the um, activities um, that a child will complete involve your sensory, your musculoskeletal, and your cognitive development. So if we can target these three different areas and get them to work effectively, it makes it easier for the child to concentrate on their educational um, task or on whatever task they're doing. So if your child is sitting poorly and just struggling to finish missions and getting stuck in different areas, you'd say the sensory and the, the physical condition would be one of the first things you check? Absolutely. And um, often we physios start to look at the core of a child, um, and your core strength is basically your your stability muscles that keep you upright. And um, we start with the core because um, most children need the physical activities that they're not getting um, in school. So school involves a lot of sitting and a lot of um, learning tasks and they need the extracurricular sports and f- physical activities to develop their core. So physios help um, improve their core so that they're able to concentrate on the tasks in so hand. So then we're living right now in a society here in South Africa that um, our, our kids don't just go out and walk and run and play. We go everywhere by car. And we don't even have to walk to the bus stop. We, we're just literally in our car from exactly. our driveway to school and back and forth. Um we have maybe some limited sports in school, but then after hours, we're just on our devices and we're just using. So I'm starting to ask myself, when is physio going to transfer from um, something that a child needs in certain situations or something that all schools and every family just needs to start with? Because naturally, we're not getting what we had in the past. Absolutely. And there's a big opportunity for um, physiotherapists to come in and to work with children while they're developing on improving the core and in doing physical activity within the school day. Um, what is the need of movement for a child? I mean, how far are we from what would be recommended? It's difficult to say. Um, each child is so different. Um, but I mean, in general, every child should be doing at least half an hour to an hour of physical activity every day, even every adult. They're, the ideal for um, a physiotherapist that we recommend is half an hour of walking a day for an adult. And that is just to, um, you know, um, improve your cardiovascular health, to improve your endurance, and also to improve your whole body and get you going and moving. What you're saying is quite scary because if the, for an adult we're looking at a minimum of a half an hour of walking a day. Yeah. I don't think any of us are no. at this point. Yeah. I, I'd love to hear what the listeners are saying about. Do you think that our community is, are we running it in a physical, safe way? Which means are we actually getting the right exercise and able to modulate ourselves? Or are we actually just setting us ourselves for, um, I guess stress or difficulties. Three four five one nine is the SMS line. Oh six one eight nine five one oh one nine. Do you think that an average teenager or adult in this community does the minimum of a half an hour walking a day? I really interesting to hear what your thoughts are. Okay. Um I just think it's also it's so important to mention that um 
throughout our day, we look at our phone and we sit on the couch and the couch doesn't give us any postural control stability, stability at all. Because yeah. we just sink into the couch and we have a relax and we're not using any of our muscles to maintain an up, uh, upright position. And I think it's important that when we're looking at a ch- how a child is sitting, we don't think that just because they're um, slouching or, or leaning incorrectly they, um, that they're, you know, not sitting incorrectly or they need physio or they need modulation. It's important to look at how they're sitting. So are their feet touching the floor? If your child's feet are not touching the floor while they're competing, that completing the task, we need to either raise the floor so that their feet are, t- are sitting on a solid surface. So, you know, maybe for all the parents listening, what is, how would you identify to see that people are sitting properly? Okay, so, um, firstly, you need to make sure that your feet are supported. So you can put a box under or you can raise and lower the chair. Your knees need to be at a 90 degree position. Your hips need to be flexed to a 90 degree position. And you need to be pulled into the table quite closely. So a chair that doesn't get pulled into the table because of the arm rest is not ideal. Your chair needs to be able to slide under the chair and you need to be quite close to your table that you're working at. So ideally the back of the chair shouldn't really be used. Well, it should be used, but it should be used um, in a very pulled in position. So okay. you'll be sitting close to the but table. as a support, not as leaning on it. Yeah, as a support, yes. Okay. And... Um, you also need to think about what what we're doing when we're sitting at the table. So we're often looking at a laptop or in a complete computer, and the screen height needs to be at um, a level angle to your eyes so that you're not keeping your head and your neck flexed the whole time, which causes a lot of stress on the back of your neck if you're looking down. Okay, which I have to say quite interesting because one of the uh, chiropractors that was here on the show in the past, we spoke about a certain chair that he's invented and uh, he's working on or whatever that there is um healthy chairs of how to sit and how to hold yourself and it was something interesting that came up that people don't come and purchase this kind of chair unless they're already in pain which means although we know that this is going to lead to pain we know that we need to sit properly it's not an issue only after we're suffering then we come Exactly. So that's why it's so important to develop your core strength as a, as a child and as a teenager, because um, your core strength is what holds you up. So if you have a strong core, you are preventing further back injuries and back issues, and you're able to hold yourself up correctly and not sit incorrectly to cause the back pain. Okay. So when let's talk a bit about the, the Jewish holidays coming up. Um, the f- next uh, month, we're going to have quite a few holidays. Some of them are going to be in a position that we stand for many hours. Um, and how does that affect on our modulation? And can everybody do that? So um, as a child, I would say that um, you need to make sure that some sort of physical activity is being included. So playing with your child with a ball or, um, you know, keeping them entertained in a physical way is, is really, really important. Um Okay, so then when 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 we look at the um, the physical activity of the event, we're talking about what every half an hour, every hour, every two hours. How much do we need to keep our uh, place contained? So um, basically, um, I think that you would need to take short breaks. So you can say that they can be doing something. You know, a child can be doing something that focuses on. Um, concentrating on a task for about maybe half an hour to 45 minutes, maybe to an hour if the child is a bit older, and then some sort of physical activity needs to be done. Okay. So we need to kind of 
make sure that we are um, consistently in movement. Yeah. Um, but how far, how, how far do we push? Um, so basically, um, you'll be able to understand when your, your child, you know, is, we, we, we tend to think a child is getting fidgety or they're getting, um, too, like, uncontrollable or out of hand. And that's when you know you need to take the time aside to go and do something. Okay, so let's, let's take about a, a minute to talk about that because, um, it's very interesting what we can do as, um, uh, parents to identify when um, our child is feeling uncomfortable, when the sensory overload is about to kick in, what can we do? Um, and yeah, like what what are the uh, what's what's something we can identify, and then we'll go back to what is available in, in reality. So, what can we identify in our child? Okay, so you'll start to identify that a child will be getting fidgety. They will um, not being wanting to cooperate with what is happening. They might, if they very, um, if they have a big sensory problem, they might um, plug their ears, shut their eyes, cover their face. Um, they will maybe start to cry, um, and also they'll shut down and not respond to people who are around them. So basically, when you get to that point, you can do physical things such as jumping on a trampoline. A trampoline is a universal mod- modulator Which for is children. amazing. Because, Absolutely. I, I mean, almost every other house has a trampoline, mm. and it's very accessible. Yeah. And it's, and it's a big thing that um, uh, we, I think it's fair to say that kids that are in a over sensory overload will calm down and kids that are falling asleep will wake up? Exactly. Exactly. The trampoline is great. Also, ball skills are really great. So um, throwing and catching the ball, kicking the ball. Um, and I think if you if there are other kids around, getting the kids to play together, not, you know, proper running around and playing together, not just sitting around and um, concentrating on other things. Okay, so, so the fact that... Um, so that's already another part of coordination, I'd say. Absolutely. Uh, and the importance that we have yeah. that and that have uh, that ability. Um, so when we look at this situation, if we're talking about the practical in these next days, you're saying these breaks of trampolines, movement, um, a bit of uh, coordination, games or whatever it is, it's crucial for the child to stay on, on a... A normal schedule? Absolutely. And I think it's important that, um, you know, these are times where a child is going to be at home a lot or out at other people. And it's important to try and keep your home routine and routine as, as even as possible. So, um, I understand that not, it can't be kept all the time, but, you know, keep your eating times and your bed so times you know the let's, same. Uh, we're going to have to take a short ad break, but when we come back, let's start, we'll discuss, uh, how do you keep a healthy routine that cool. includes everything that we need in the house? 101.9, a short break, and we'll be right back. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9 We are back in the middle of a fascinating discussion with Sasha Hunter, who is a physiotherapist, um, very successful in the community. And we spoke a bit about going out of routine, the Yom Tovim things that are coming up. Let's go talk about regular around the year times. And right before the break, we spoke about let's look and see what we can do in our homes to have a healthy, a physical healthy routine that will keep us running in a proper, healthy way. Just to remind you guys, any questions you want to know about your routines or about anything, and do you think that we are in a physical, safe condition at this time and stage of, at life, 34519 is the SMS line. 
0618951019 from anywhere in the world or 0101403020 if there's something you just want to say. Okay. So, Sasha, yeah. So, I think um adopting a routine into your your home with children is so important. I think um we're going to start a little bit backwards, but I think um, starting with a regular bedtime is very important for children. And being able to take a half an hour or as long as you can before bedtime to use your routine to get the child to get to bed at a specific time. So um, what you can do um, with a child to create good routine is that a certain time out of your day, that time the child knows that they can come to you as the parent or a caregiver and spend half an hour with you and doing something specific with you. So it could be like baking. Like okay. Yeah, it can be, um, you know, um, even if it is something that like dinner time, they can help and prepare dinner with you. Um, it could be something that you go out into the garden and do, you know, activities together. Um, it can even be time where you're not, you don't have to do something physical per se. It can be time where you spend time with your child and paint or do something creative to bring. And that's more in the emotional connection or also in the physical and the pasture and relevance. So what's really nice is that you can use it for both. You can use it for the, the connection, emotional connection with you and your child, a time where a child can, um, relax and feel comfortable and safe with you as well as bring in the physical activity for both you and your child together. Yeah, I, and I kind of think that there's no really other choice. I mean, you mentioned baking and cooking and I wish anybody of the listeners could send me other ideas and I'll, on a personal level, I'll say why. Uh, 34519 is SMS line 0618951019. What can you do at home to relax and to bond? Um, I, I can tell you from my personal experience, we've, uh, thank God me and my wife had we were able to make our house um, technology proof, and basically, we are we are out of the smartphone devices after a certain hour, and there's nothing available in that area. And we had a real challenge. I mean, I have teenagers at home. What do they do? They can't go out at night. Um, it's not safe for them to start jogging on their own. Um, devices and ele- electronic things are not a question that they can't happen in our home. And really, we were left with cooking and baking. And my 13-year-old, 14-year-old became a master in baking and cooking. And just because, you know, for a teenager, it's illegal to go to sleep on time. So they have to <laughs> kind of find what to do. And I don't know, is there anything else to do? So, I mean, I'd love to hear what people's suggestions are, but I know that you can even do stuff like... So a- I'll remind them, 34519 is SMS line, or 061-895-1019 is the telegram. So um, doing st- even small things like puzzles together, um, picking an activity or in a game that the child chooses and really getting down to their level and um, exploring that world with them is really great. That's for the younger kids. I'd Absolutely. Say. Yeah, okay. the, younger, the younger kid. Um, and I mean, riding a bicycle is also um, really great if your child knows how to ride a bicycle. And if you have a safe area. But, Absolutely. You know. Yeah. But um, I think even if you have a swimming pool, so um, taking swimming time with your child um, Aquatic therapy is the new huge thing In physio And um really Let's talk about that for a minute So um, aquatic therapy is Basically doing physiotherapy In a pool 
Um, we, I do it quite a lot in my practice and basically you can use it as a form of modulation because you have the sensory stimulation of the water and your positional sense within the pool. And, um, you basically do physiotherapy in the water. So it's great for anyone who's, um, unable to weight bear on a limb because they've had a fracture or they've had, um, a situation where they can't balance or keep upright. Um, okay. yeah. So, so that's, and is that something that you can do at home or just even just swimming I'd say would probably be amazing exactly um, and it's something that you can do with other people it's really good if you want to get in with your child or with your friends and you do a bit of you know swimming and moving around within the pool and it's it's really really beneficial yeah you know it's a very good point because we talk a lot about what we don't have we don't have the ability to run outside we don't have the ability for friends to just meet each other in the shops or outside but we do have the pools and we do have the trampolines and we do have some abilities to do, create and do things exactly so i do a lot of therapy with children in the pool um because it, it offers so many opportunities to work with them and they think it's fun so okay. that's always a bonus we get <laughs> their buy-in yeah. yeah okay <laughs> yeah so that so that is very um very special and Let's talk about, let's say you don't have a pool or a trampoline. What else can we do um, in the physical uh, context at home? We mentioned sitting properly. Yeah. Uh, is there a, a relevance to, before we continue, just about sleeping? With yeah. a pillow, without a pillow, what are the relevance? So, um Basically, you need good posture throughout your day. Um, so sitting, standing. Um, so you mentioned that there's going to be long periods of um, people standing over the next couple of weeks. Right. So it's important that you're standing correctly. Um, and it means like pacing your feet a little bit further apart. You need to make sure that you're keeping your, your pelvis in. You need to make sure that you're keeping your tummy in, your core in. And you need to make sure that you're standing nicely. You're not sort of leaning to the one side or, you know, Standing in a position that's going to put your body um, at harm. Why? What? What's, because, what are the harms that you're facing? So basically, if you're standing in a position that um, is not within correct posture, you cause stress on certain muscles, and that can cause muscle pain and muscle spasm. Um, so if you're standing in a position where you're leaning to the side, your neck is not held in the correct position, and your lower back is not held in the correct position. Which can cause pain and can cause, okay, stress along those areas. Yeah. Is there a recommended limit for a child how long they could be running or jumping or standing or anything? I don't think there's a limit that a child, I mean, you'll, you'll monitor your child for physical, you know, and if they're having trouble running, they'll just get tired. <laughs> but there is a limit for how long they can do it. I mean, they can't not. Oh, can't for, do it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I did ask before on uh, the positive on let's go now to the negative. Um, how long is it okay for, and I get this question a lot, for your teenager to lay in bed with her device? When do you step in? Two hours, five hours a day? Definitely before two hours. Um, before two hours? Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's good uh, for a child to, when you're lying in bed and you're looking at your phone, your head is put in it and your neck is put into a stress position because you're looking down at your phone um, especially if your pillows are propped up high it's pushing your head even further and that's going to cause muscle muscle pain and muscle strain in the neck so using your phone in bed is actually putting you in harm absolutely and i mean even using your phone sitting on the couch where you're um, again looking down into your lap is causing extra strain on the neck again 
So, okay. I, I mean, it's, it's always in a position where you're, you're putting strain on the muscles, which is going to cause pain. And it actually weakens the neck to be in a position that is not in good posture. <laughs> it's amazing. We don't realize how we're connected. And it sounds like almost the only safe time is when we drive. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't, don't. I didn't say that. Okay. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will get to the final part of the show. 101.9 High FM, Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. 1.9 High FM, Chai Chinuch with Rabbi G. We are back to the last part of the hour. And we were in the middle of a fascinating discussion with Sasha Hunter, who is a physiotherapist. Sasha, correct my name. Sasha Hunt. Okay, so why did I say Sasha Hunter? That's my bad. Sasha Hunt. Okay. Sasha Hunt is a physiotherapist. We know her in the field as Sasha, that's why. Um, and we've discussed about uh, the importance of keep, keeping your posture, about being um, holding yourself properly, making sure we do enough sports, we get around, and identifying a sensory overload. Um, we spoke about that earlier in the show. But it was really interesting that we ended off the, the, right before the break with saying that there's almost no safe, uh, way to use your phone for a long time. Yeah, I mean, unless you're looking up perfectly in posture and you're holding your phone up right in front of you. Yeah, that's socially dangerous. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna lose your friends. So then, so then really the devices, I don't think we're aware how, de- how dangerous no, the devices are, um, from a physical And I think it's level. become so easy for us just to pick up our phone and get involved in what's going on in our phone that we actually forget about um, how we're sitting, how we're standing, and we actually forget about everything that's going on around us. So, yeah, well, really yeah. limited usage right, is right. great. And and you meet, work mainly with kids, right? Yes, so I work, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, go ahead and we'll go into. <laughs> so I work with, with children, um, and that is my passion, that is my love. Um, but I, w- I do also do work with neuro- neurological conditions in adults. So like strokes or spinal cord injuries or Parkinson's, things like that. But pediatrics mm-hmm. is my passion. Oh wow. So you, you go to the edges. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And, okay, so, and, so when, um, we have, Kids in, in that you're giving them the, the, the physical guidance, etc. How, how much do we invest in, in teaching them the right skills? I mean, we work a lot on the jumping, the movement, the, the physical situation, but do we train our kids enough about how dangerous it would be one day to just lay in bed for the whole day because you don't feel like it? Or how dangerous would it be to be on your phone all the time with your neck bent down? How dangerous would it be to not hold yourself when you're sitting properly? Do we do any I don't think we do. I really don't think we do. And I think it's really important that um, we do start to include that within our sessions and within the school environment because I don't think it's focused on enough at all. And it's it's so much around the idea of preventative physiotherapy rather than um, dealing with a complication once it's already happened. So I really think prevention is the most important thing and we should be incorporating this into every session and into the school environment. So you know what our contribution for the community would be? I know I'm putting you on the spot and I hate doing it to, to I actually like doing it to the people that come on the show. <laughs> okay, I can't say I hate doing it but, I like, uh, but yeah. Uh, let me challenge you. How about you put together a card, a small card. I'll help you with it. And we'll put in there um, a few safety rules to having your safe, your home safe. 
And then anybody from the listeners who wants to send an email to me, rabbigs at gmail.com, or to you, what's your email address? My email address is sashahunt.sh at gmail.com. Okay. And can we make that safety safety card? Absolutely. I'm very... Um, I think it's yeah. an amazing thing because, you know what, I feel like we can talk about how um, unaware the community is and have this tool of the radio and be um, like you're quite known in your field and... I try to get around and to kind of not use this information for the community. So maybe let's go ahead and make this safety card. Yeah, I really agree with it. And I think it's so important to um, get in there before anything and prevent. Okay. So that's our job for the beginning of the new year. So just again, Sasha Hunt. Yes, Thank with you. an S. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hunts. Okay, good thing I got it right by the end of the show. Sasha Hunts, um, physiotherapist. Thank you so much for being with us today. And just remind us again, anybody who wants to be in touch with you for adults or for kids, what's your email address? It's Sasha Hunt, so I'll spell it for you. S-A-S-H-A-H-U-N-T at S-H dot sh at gmail.com at gmail.com yeah, yeah. I, I'm influencing okay so another show has come in and we are going towards the end of the year and thank you for having me thank you so much for being here and I like the concept that we took a nice thing for the beginning of next year is to put the card of safety for our homes we will work on that later on and I will get back to the listeners and update you on that in the meantime have a great year a great Shana Tova. I wish everybody in the community all the best. And we will be back next, not next Tuesday, but the one after. Please, God, it will be already the new year. Keep safe.